Hi, and welcome to the 100th episode of Keen Minds, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 16, Niall Hatcher. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa, and I can't believe we made it to episode 100. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had like sound effects. So I to know. Get myself sound effects. Oh, I mean, we do have would... we do have snoring dogs and meowing cats. Does yeah. that count? Uh, not the kind that I had in mind, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we do what we have to do. Um, anyway, what a terrific episode! It was. It really was. So last week, we commented on the fact that what seemed to fall short on it was that the Blacklister was just boring. Mm-hmm. That all he wanted was money, and there was just nothing else to him. This this is how you make an interesting Blacklister. And which was very... I mean, I was already interested in him when I thought that all he wanted was money. And I, I sat there looking at my television on Friday night going, this is how you do it. You know, take some notes. This is how. But on top of that, the writer took a blacklister that was already fascinating and creepy as they come in all the best ways for the blacklist and then tied it in with some fantastic themes that have been running through since season one with adoption, stolen children, women uh, forced to have children or in ties or cajoled. I mean, this was a parallel fest. And at the same time, she managed to integrate both lines that were working and just like they were totally separated. I mean, they had nothing. There was not even a point of contact in there. It was so nice. It was so well written. Um, Katie, Katie, Katie something. Brooks. Okay. Um, it um, really, really uh, very satisfying. Very fast paced. Very um, very appealing because the blacklister was at the same time incredibly creepy and on the other hand he had redeeming qualities and uh, well redeeming to an extent you know at least he was in because at first I thought oh my god Liz found a chest full of babies of frozen babies um, and I'm like I was I was totally prepared for oh my god there's gonna be like a bunch of frozen babies in there and and no it wasn't they were not go that far oh i was totally sure it was a chest full of frozen babies and i and then it was like this thing and i'm like oh yeah there you go there you go it was interesting because i thought you know when they brought him in and everything and it started laying out what all had happened it's like, okay, so he, he was doing it for the money. No, he didn't really want to kill the women. They were just loose ends. He was tying them up. It, it goes back to we've seen countless characters in the Blacklist, the means to the end. These characters that are, I mean, not even morally ambiguous. They're just not good human beings. <laughs> but, which was interesting, because then they flipped it on its head, and he'd adopted all these children, not through legal manners, mm-hmm. of course, but... He kept he, all the children and gave them a, a nice, happy, normal life. Yeah, and a loving father, and it sounded like he really didn't even use the money for himself. He used no, it he just set it apart for the children. And it's like, okay, 
that and it's exactly like wrestler said the it would have been a even, lot it's scary. even scarier when you have a blacklister that it that that seem a nice that have um what exactly did you say? Said, because uh, that is important, and I have it here. Yeah, he said uh, that it would have been easier if he had been a straight psychopath or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's far more scary when he's not a straight psychopath. Exactly. And so he obviously, I mean, you know, someone that that works with dead bodies, they've they're already going to be a little odd anyway. So yeah. that that's fine, and it, the fact that he was able to give those kids a normal normal-ish life at least you know that it's not like he had cps knocking on his door every other day he managed to pull it off so that he raised these kids and some of them like the teenage boy that was fixing lunch or whatever for one of his siblings yeah and the other older girl was reading books for them yeah he seemed like a very nice normal family and so i think it brought that that family theme and then the horror that underlies the the family things and you know the 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 fact that he was like you, you can't tell them you cannot tell them what i did because you're gonna destroy them and that's i mean why would you do that well, and it was so interesting because I, I thought about that along those lines, you know, as he's saying them going, you know, these kids are going back to their, you know, hopefully going back to their biological families. But, OK, like the baby, that's one thing, you know, so the baby gets to go live with the grandmother. That's she's not going to have any memories of that. Yeah, of what happened. It's not going to be nearly as effective. But what about that? What? 15 year old boy? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's <laughs> old enough to understand. Oh, so, very much. And so, the idea that he's going to have to live with that the man that he's called father his entire life was actually a murderer and killed her mother. One of his parents. Yeah, yeah, he killed his mother and 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 took advantage of his <laughs> dead father. But it's interesting how they managed to have taken. I always. Uh, I think that the blacklist is like a prison and you take an idea and you're going to start rotating it. And every time you do it, you catch a different facet of things. And, and we have explored, I mean, we started very early with Floriana Campo that was exploiting the women and children for prostitution. And then we go and we go into uh, the Cyprus agency. And then there's these women who are being abducted. So we got, you know, that's a lot creepier. They were being abducted and, and, and being used as, as wombs. Now we're going to another blacklister that is also doing the same basic idea, but this time instead of, of he's just using them as, you know, the, just enticing them with money. They're going to get this money and in, in order to get the baby. And the same thing happened in the alter ego where the woman was just waiting to get pregnant in order to get the father's fortune and kill the guy. Um, remember that, that storyline? In Alter Ego, they just made this plan to get the guy's father's money by one pretended to be the girlfriend and then the other one with a sister and the brother-in-law and she got pregnant and then she got her to like beat her up a little bit and uh, the other guy was beating her up. That was 
that was part of the premise of, of the alter ego. And now we're getting into this one, which is basically greed and, you know, taking advantage of somebody whose life is not easy and doesn't have the morals to say, you know what, I'm not interested in that. Or even in a place really to, they, you know, I don't remember the exact quote and I don't have it written down, but Rustler was talking about it when he said, well, people that nobody would miss and Rustler's like their families missed them. You know, you've mm-hmm. taken someone in a desperate place. Yeah. And I was happy to see Rustler get so angry about that. It was nice to see him, you know, he sent, they, they sometimes paint him as insensitive. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have those little glimpses of him going WTF, like the, I don't care what they're, you know, what they're on the right side or the wrong side of the law. Like, you took advantage of people who were in a desperate place. And yeah. and you like, were stealing money and making, because yeah. it wasn't that there was no victims in the crime. The families had now to live with this, like, oh, my husband was unfaithful, or my father. or And when it was all a lie, so there was, there was a lot of, of, of evilness, and at the same time, the guy was, uh, the, all the other ones, like the Cypress Agency, it was hard to feel, to feel sad about him, or to even understand what he was doing, so he was a troubled child, and the, and the adoptive parents couldn't deal with him, so even the psychologist said, he has to return to, you're not the proper parents, um, but this was so bizarre and so well done. But the fact that we're we're going in a prism and and turning and looking at facets of the same exact circumstance of women having children for wrong reasons. And I went back and I started thinking, you know, the way that I've been going over this may have been lived as Masha Rostova, but I don't think that she was born as Masha Rostova. And I've been going back and looking at all these things. And remember when Red said that uh, the mother, Liz's mother felt like it was a curse every day of her life. And then we got um, this blonde cat saying that she is, um, that she's tired of men controlling her life. And I getting this idea that this, somehow this woman got pregnant with Liz and it was some sort of entrapment for red and that's why she didn't want the baby she didn't want liz liz mother was a woman who brought her up well i mean i think for me the the route i come with that i don't i don't see as of right now with the information that we have the mom that didn't want her before she was born and the mom that was willing to die for her after she was born is two different people. I think it's very similar to what we saw with um, was Angela. Was that the, the blonde's name that had the baby in this episode? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Uh, but, I mean, she was willing to do this, to get pregnant, to go through the entire pregnancy, have the kid, and then give them up for adoption. Not Like, it, it didn't cross her mind doing anything differently, but as soon as she held that kid, it was real. It was it was this understanding that oh this is a this is a child that I've been carrying it's not just my meal ticket and we saw that with her when she's talking to the lawyer and says you know her name is Lily mm-hmm. and I 
for me, I see Red's story about Liz's mother in that light. It's she was a she was a problem. She was causing trouble. You know this, that, and everything else. It was a bad time to have a child. It was always going to be a bad time to have a child. She was going to get in the way. And then the moment that Katarina had her, the strange, suddenly the strange became, explanation. Yeah, th- there is there is just something in the way that the lines are written that I I I went back because it didn't occur to me until I started seeing that there were some things between this Katerina and Liz that honestly sounded very much like they could be related. Um, and I was seeing not much of of um, the that Dom's daughter that we've seen, this woman who seemed very um cold and 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 calculating manipulative not a person given to you know take rasvid out cuz i mean especially after watching it again boy we we do know that dom at least thinks or thought that that liz was his granddaughter yeah. he he believes that because i mean he talks about it yeah, yeah. when oh, yeah. in season 3 and so, I mean, if there's a lie in there, then he was fooled as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it was, there was only um, two people that knew about that. But there is something about this episode and, and all this. And we've been going about this, you know, examining about all this women having children, forced to have children. Uh, there's a lot of parenthood in here and in, in what it meant. Um, that was that was interesting. That was that it started talking at at, at mental um, bells. That something is in here feels like is that. Um, it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was insanely well done and very well tied together both with prior episodes and with this particular one. And and I th- this is going to sound crazy but you're used to my crazy stuff. So you remember that bizarre dress that Blanca Katarina had in Orion? With with the one that looked like a carpet? The one that looked like a carpet. She could yeah. disappear in the carpet. Yeah, and everyone just a little bit of makeup on the face, and she was as good as gone. It was like an invisibility cloak. Well, did you remember the dress that uh, the Kendra, the last prostitute that mm-hmm. had been approached, but she had not? They were just waiting. He had the semen, and they haven't done the whole thing. Well, she had a similar dress. And I've been having these weird things and was rewatching and I look at that dress and it's like it's high neck, he has long sleeves and the pattern are like, whoa, you wanna disappear in a rug or what? Um, stitch fix, please fix me. <laughs> and I started and that's what started me thinking like why would they use a dress so similar for two characters? Two women who were one that was willing to have a child in order to get some money, and the other one who told Red, I'm done with men controlling my life, um, who says, I miss 
having children around, but then there's no children in her life. It just seems like there is a little weird things going on. And, and something in that arena is in the picture. Yeah. Um, I think time will tell on that. And you may be right. Who knows? Um, but as of right now, I'm not convinced. I know. You have I mean you're starting going over the rabbit hole and taking a peek inside. Yeah. I, I did with Carlarina. I took a peek into your rabbit hole for Carlarina. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating theory. I will give you that. And there were definitely little things that you're just like, Well, that's odd. Like, why is that happening? <laughs> why is mm-hmm. that parallel being drawn? There you go. Yeah. That's how you approach the rabbit hole. You take a peek inside and then you fall down to Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, let's get into the characters. Uh, you want to start with Liz? She had some fascinating. You want to do uh, Liz and then do or do Red, Red and Dembe first, and they ma'am. Okay, let, let's jump into Red then. Um, so Red had such a fascinating. I, I always love when he brings his cleaners in, and so. I'm blanking on her name, but I just I really like that duo. Mm-hmm. And curious about the partial print because you know that that was obviously stated for some of the curiosity. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about Red collapsing there at the end? Well, we've been hearing the the interesting thing is this time we got a little more clues. We had him coughing before. So this brought me right back to the apothecary that got him into this long thing where his lungs couldn't function. And I think that if you remember correctly, um, the doctor that attended him said, you know, he seems to be recuperating, but we would not know the long-term effects of this because it was targeted for him. Yeah. And um, so that that makes sense that if something did damage him, he would have gone into a cure with Stark that didn't work. And now he's starting to, um, to have um, health issues. And, it, I mean, that was a horrific... Um, poisoning, and I think that that even if if Kate thought that he might survive, I think he probably she probably arranged for him to have serious side effects that would take him out eventually. I don't think that that Kate was uh, a woman not to have a belt and suspenders, and then maybe some other suspenders and and maybe just a piece of rope. You don't piss off the woman that not only knows where all the bodies are buried, but has put a lot of them there herself mm-hmm. um, and knows how it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a good possibility. I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Absolutely right about what the doctor said. That's It would make sense. Now, I remember in season three when Red got the painting, we assume from Katarina, um, mm-hmm. has always been the, the longstanding as- assumption there. I think that it was Rostov. Adam- who, who sent it? Was it? Yeah, because uh, yeah, the woman arranged, right. but remember, there was the woman, Odette, that was her girlfriend. The one You're that, right. I don't know why he was so pissed. I mean, I never understood. Well, Katharina left a wreckage in She did. In yeah, her way. she just, chaos followed her. Um, but there's another person that fully believed that Liz is Masha, that, you know, mm-hmm. 
are you know Lottie's cat's daughter, and so that that might be a little more difficult considering she lived with him and. I oh, don't, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that she's not. She didn't live as Masha. She definitely lived as Masha. I'm just saying she wasn't born as Masha. I know, but Kirk thought that Masha slash Liz was his biological daughter. Yeah. And so that'd be a little harder to fake considering Katarina, Masha, and and uh, Constantine all lived together. Why? So you would assume that the whole Why? pregnancy... Change baby. Remember, my theory is Carlarina, so there's an exchange of babies. The real Masha is Jennifer, brought to live in the oh. safety of the United States, not as the daughter of a spy, with Liz is taken on by Katerina in the more dangerous position of being Masha Rostova. Ah, okay. With no no possibilities that she would ever be used for a for a bone marrow because she would never be a donor because she's basically not related. Yeah. Okay. I see where your connection is there. Um, that was so. It was really interesting um, to see that they finally began to connect those those dots of that disease and um, what has been happening. What did you think of that entire story with the suppose uh, that ended up uh, taking like uh, the the refugees and they were supposed to be extremists and they were just humanitarians and they were smuggling people inside? I thought it was actually done really well because it's it's obviously a very delicate situation because it's. There's no question that it's incredibly difficult to screen people out of certain parts of the country, but it's also no question that there are so many good, decent people that are just trying to get out and survive. There was a bunch of women so, terrified. Yeah, I, I thought it was handled very well, uh, very respectfully, and um, I, I really... I, I, I love that Red brought them to, in, to, a, to a hotel and gave them food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, of course, he did. And it's, I mean, that was a very red thing to do, to help them out and to get them there. Um, and to threaten people. And it's not about, no, I'm not going to kill you. Oh. I'm just going to spoil your beef. Can, can I can I just make the comment? Because I had heard about Wagubi for the longest time, how amazing it was, and this and that and everything else. And for those that don't know anything about it, it is as expensive as Red was talking about. It's just off the charts. It's when you go you go to these nice restaurants, they're like, okay, well, it's this absorbent amount of money per ounce, but you have a very high limit for how few ounces you can have. It's you. I could not buy it. Could not, would not, what have you. I went out with my company a while back, and we went to a sushi place, and they had Wagyu sliders. One of my bosses ordered them. And, oh my gosh, Wagyu is everything they say it is. It's so good. Better not to taste it, folks, or it will spoil you. Oh, I, you know, I still, I'm one of those people that I have my limit. I'm like, there's only so much I'm willing to pay for this because I can get very tasty meat that is not, it may not taste like Wagyu, but it also won't break my bank and be gone in 10 minutes, you know? But you know, hey, oh, when your bosses Washington. are paying, but when your bosses are paying, more power yeah. to them. <laughs> and and I'm sure that uh, that uh, Red just uh, bought the entire thing for him. 
Oh, I could totally see him doing that. Yeah. And it's it, it's not any sweat off of him. I mean, he's got the money to do well, it. Well, he started the same thing in the Kilgannon Corporation, and this somehow reminded me a little bit of that. And in a, so it's funny how we're bringing themes that connect both because in Floriana Campo, we had people that were also smuggled, this time against their will. In the Kilgannon, we had people who were desperate trying to um, emigrate from a dangerous situation or a bad situation. And in here, we have the same thing, but attached to a, a, um, a, a more... Humane way of doing it. Yeah, and also because we're going into the Floriana Campo of women using women for to for mean for to obtain something or to to gain money out of that. So it's interesting when you start connecting threats. I really liked, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, how how well Blacklist approaches that sleight of hand. And I like that this writer set it up, because we know Dembe. We've known Dembe since season one. He's not going to be, while he is totally willing to act in violent manners, it has to be for good. Mm-hmm. His... His mosque is not going to be the type that would be involved in extremism. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know that character well enough to know that he would not put himself in that place. And so, therefore, if he trusts his imam, as the audience, we tend to trust along with him. Mm-hmm. And I found myself watching it, and the way that, that the writer set it up and moved the pieces around, it's like... Could Dembe be wrong? Like, this guy seems like such a classy human being. Mm-hmm. Like, could he be wrong? Could they all be that wrong? I mean, yeah. you had the, the bit at the beginning where, oh, he knows about the task force. Does he now? Yeah. <laughs> right? And then it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> and then to, to have that, they could have gone that route, but I really enjoyed that. And it also set blonde cat up one more level of how despicable do you have to be to go the moment that you saw those shoes you know who she was oh you knew who it was as soon as it was like oh it's someone after me yeah yeah Yeah. but but the shoes were like i loved it i love when they do those takes of shoes you know the other character they did this with jennifer where she brought the when she brought the bones the first thing you saw were the shoes. But I really, as worried as I am for the guy. <laughs> oh, um, it's not ending well. I, actually, I think I saw him in promos. I don't know. Maybe maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, well, Dembe no, because what she's going to do is exchange him for Dembe. Because Dembe will not let an innocent person suffer because of this it. connection. And then she's going to do the same thing to Dembe that but that Red was going to do to Patrick. So I just hope that Dembe survives it. Oh, I, I think there would be riots. I mean, James has already stood up for his sham once. Hopefully it would happen again. I hope I hope we don't lose him. But all characters can die. I know. But so it, it was I say it was nice in a way that it just paints her in that horrible light. It's, you know, who goes after an innocent religious leader? You know, I mean, there are plenty of bad religious leaders out there, but obviously this guy was painted as a good, decent human being that's just 
doing what he's doing. Yeah. And so that this is not like be, in in Ro, in Ross and Denisov where the exactly. priest was not a priest. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. And so once we've established, okay, the imam's cool. He is not a terrorist. He is not supporting terrorism in any way, shape, or form. He wasn't even aware that they were smuggling people in and trying to rescue them. He wasn't even, that wasn't even on his radar, but that's the person that Blonde Cat is going to try to use to twist the leverage there, which makes her just so much worse, I think. Mm -hmm. It just adds to that, which from, you know, a vantage point that is not the man sitting in the chair right now, that's that's fantastic. I love seeing how those pieces are being put into place. Mm -hmm. And this is very similar to what Solomon did, which was to go after Demba's uh, granddaughter in order to get Demba to surrender in order to find Red. This yeah. is exactly the same thing. She wants information and probably she might know that Demba knows a lot. So it might not be even to get Red, but it might be to see if she can extract the information about Ilya. Yeah. From from and, Yeah. I will say that some of the conversations, and we can go into it a little deeper when we get to Liz, but some of the conversations that were being had in this episode leave me a little less confident that she's questioning Blonde Cat. <laughs> As I've been fairly confident that she's she's playing the board and trying to find out who she is rather than just blindly trusting her. Mm -hmm. uh, now, yeah. it, it's, it's possible Liz was saying certain things to the people that need to hear them, but you know, it's, I, I'm, a, I'm less confident than I was before. Yeah. Well, I, the one thing that I truly enjoy is what I think is red masterfully creating a, a shiny object for Liz to chase. You know, because we didn't hear anything about any Sikorsky uh, archive, did you? I was going to ask you. Um, I have in my notes, I have very limited notes today, but one thing I do have is with the Sikorsky archive, if we think it's real. Because, like you just said, we've heard it from no one else. There's no way to authenticate it through another source on the show. This is the first thing she said about it. And she's already been handing Liz incorrect Intel. Yeah. But since we're talking about the PI, I would like to note a lovely parallel that made me insanely happy when my brain connected it. Okay. Um, I have not, you, so I'm all ears. Do you remember in season two, it was when Tom and Liz were looking for Katarina. They had the photo when they were searching for her, and Tom was helping out of his warehouse and trying to get her to, you know, mm -hmm. run away on the boat. Um, he tells Liz that the tell that they can look for in people that Red has gotten to is their silence. Mm -hmm. That true. That Good it one? sound that it it's like he's asking for their firstborn when he says his name. That 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 is the tell. And we had that very. It wasn't exact wording, but when Liz uh, slipped into the car, she said he got to you. 
And it was just such a nice callback to that, that Red's tell, you can never wipe it out because people are so terrified of him mm-hmm. that they either clam down all the way or they hand false intel. Like, it's... There's something there. And so she was able... This woman was a whole lot better than a lot of people are. Most people just shut their mouth and go, can't help you. But she... I think she's been... I mean, she obviously fed her false intel at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. I think that the This Is Korsky Archives could very easily be false as well. Well, he he did it already with when he tried when he presented that information about the girl that came from the woods in uh, Thomas Moore. Was it Thomas Moore? Nicholas Moore? No. What was the name of that episode? I think it might have been Nicholas. Nicholas Moore. Uh, the one that where the girl that in in the sect that they were in the woods and they were burning the the father alive and they were going to burn the girl alive too. Um, yeah, I think it was Nicholas T. Moore. Yeah, Nicholas that was T. It. Moore. And he that and that was exactly what Red did. Presented him MacGuffin to make sure that this shiny object. Oh yes, no, I don't want you to look at that. And Liz just went for it. Yeah, definitely. It's because I mean she is smart. She is a she does follow trails down, and so it's Red playing smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. And instead of just butting heads with her nonstop over this, he's going to give her something to chase. Mm-hmm. It's I don't agree with it, but I told from his point of view, wanting to continue down this path. It makes sense. I mean, after seeing the things Liz is doing, betraying everybody, I'm beginning to... I used to be to think that Rhett should have really just told Liz the stuff. Now I'm like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. If you tell her, she's going to go and bulldoze her way over there, endanger everybody else, and then probably betray her. So I actually had this conversation with someone. I finally figured out how to phrase it. We saw with Tom when, because obviously Tom betrayed her first season, big issue. She didn't start to really even go down the path of trust until he was willing to be honest with her and prove continuously that he would continue being honest with her. And so as we got into season three, season four, even season five, when she found out that he was chasing down the bones after he died. She was a lot more willing to forgive those those secrets kept in a limited fashion than she would have been otherwise because she knew overall he had chosen to be honest. That it was a limited secret. It wasn't a straight lie. I believe she would take the same route with Red if he had not set a precedent of just continuously over and over and over treating her like a small child, not letting her in. If he were to open up about, and I understand that there's a big secret in there that he may not be, he may not feel like he can tell her for whatever reason, he doesn't feel like it. But if he were to give her something on many other things and leave that, he would have more leverage to say, okay, I've given you all this. It's not that you pulled it out like a tooth. I gave it to you because I respect you, because you and I are in this together. We're a team. I'm not just manipulating you. I have the secret. 
I need you to trust me that you can't know it. She might be more more willing to do that. But instead, he keeps everything from her. And the only way he actually releases any information at all is when she checks it down and forces the situation. And it blows up in both of their faces. Yeah. It, um, and, and, and yes, that that is generally true. The other, the only thing that I have to say about that is that the task force has not kept any information from Liz and she has betrayed them over and over and over. I mean, from the simple things about the faking her death to the points where she's, she swore a wrestler to secrecy and then proceeded to tell Red that that wrestler knew. So at any possible time that Liz can't throw somebody under the bus in order to chase what she considers to be the truth for somebody who's related to her biologically, she just does it. So I used to think like you. Now I'm thinking, I have a feeling I understand why Red is doing this because Let's say that Liz goes and finds her mother and finds out that her mother is not really her biological mother. I think Liz will just throw her under the bus completely. I think that Liz is a, in many ways, she's still that child traumatized by being abandoned and not understanding much. But she also has some very dark impulses, far darker than Red ever had. So I'm 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 not I, I began to to examine this situation in a little different fashion. Uh, I used to play the, you know like Red should have just told her. Now I'm like I'm not sure that that is true. She is just a bull in a china shop. She would just go and destroy whatever she needs to destroy in order to get to a truth. But the I, other thing that she trusted Tom with is after. She kept him in a boat and shot him three times in the stomach and broke his, his thumb. So he hadn't earned that trust back, though. He he had until after that, honestly, until he was willing to tell her yeah. that the that the passports came from Reddington. Until he opened up about that and was honest with her, he hadn't come back to even yeah. being anywhere close to earning her trust. But at least if we're on speaking terms. To be on speaking terms, you have to get shot and then kept in a boat and have your, your thumb broken. Well, That's I the mean, way she functions. And, and you also have to, you know, come back from Germany and be willing to go to prison for life. Yeah, but, well, yeah. as opposed to I'm going to throw... Red in prison for life, and life will not be very long. Oh, when he first got taken off, I did a gift set. It said, "Don't piss Red or don't piss Liz off. You'll end up in, you'll end up in chains somehow, some way." Mm-hmm. And probably not surviving very long. Yeah, it's she's dangerous. She's definitely dangerous. Um, and, and I'm a, I'm a concerned about Cooper because Cooper seems to, you know, it he warns her, but. I don't know. I think that um, she's going a very, very dangerous path. Oh, definitely. Definitely down a dangerous path. And and she's not going to stop looking for Ilya. Oh, no. I agree with you 100%. Now, what do you think Wrestler will do with that information? 
I don't know. I think he's about to get really distracted. Oh, yeah. So he may not do a whole lot of anything with it because he has more pressing matters. Apparently, there's something something buried that he does not want found. Yeah, a little secret buried. Um, so you think they're going to totally... Because I'm getting more confident now that, you know, let's say that we're totally wrong and, and Tom is not alive. You know, if they can bring in wrestler into the gray, they're about to make him into black. I mean, forget about Gray. Um, do you think it's a possibility that now he's gray enough to be with her, or he's still with? Um, well, I I don't, you know, maybe couple, couple three four weeks ago, before Tom started getting mentioned again and again and again, um, when that first started, and Red said, you know. Basically, you need to, you know, start opening up in your life, you know, making room for, yeah. Um, at the time, I was like, well, it could be one of, you know, one of a couple things. They're either going to revisit Tom's story in some way, shape, or form, or they're preparing us for a new love interest, whether that's wrestler, whether that's someone entirely new, you know, um, the... That they were preparing us for that. And then the following episodes where she was mentioning Tom, if if they were preparing us, then they did a horrifying job because they've shown that she hasn't moved on, that she has no interest in moving on, and that she still loves him. And so that's not the way you prepare for someone new. I think that's more why I personally don't think Keenler's on our horizon. Mm-hmm. Um than anything else, if Tom's alive or not, that yeah. really doesn't even no, you know, from, fit from into the my character's perspective. There. Yeah. Um, now, is he gray enough for it? Maybe. Will he survive? That's my question. Yeah. Will he survive um, in Red's world? Oh yeah, I I think I think he's getting there, and so um, I I think that he has a lot better shot than he did in earlier seasons oh, of surviving that. Oh, absolutely. Just ripped it Now, shred. you think that they're going to take him right out of that Boy Scout, that they're going to show us that he became a Boy Scout because of the things that he had done? Or was it brother who did and, the, and he just covered it up? Um, I'm torn on that. I, I think it'd be very interesting if maybe he walked into the situation and ended up either accidentally killing somebody or... You know, I bet that's dummy marking in there. I bet so too. Yeah, there's a really good chance. Um, but or the people that that uh, actually killed us at the drug dealers because it wasn't Tommy Markin that that pulled the trigger. He was just the one that screwed him over. And and so I, you know, it, it could be that he was involved. It could be he was in the cover up. It could be that he straight up killed the guy. I don't know, but I do think it would be very fascinating to see that he has this dark secret in his past and that he went so far in the other direction to try to to convince himself he was worthy. Whitewash of, his... Yeah, exactly. Past. Yeah, just cover it up, you know. I mean, basically, in his own mind, make amends for it, you know, that, you know, self-flagellation. Sort of thing. It, it is. It is interesting because you know we, we always looked at the task force and and we have talked about this in the program and there there's always a sense that Red kind of pick them up 
each one of them. Um, you know, Cooper, he had a dark secret with Cooper. He, you know, Aram, yeah, well, he was a hacker and he was picked up by uh, by NSA. Well, Samar was definitely in the gray and had quite a bit of secrets on her own. Um, it seems like Ressa was the exception and it seems that may not be the case. You know, if if it's something really dark, I don't think Red knew about it. I don't think that was on Red's radar because just the way he approached him in season one, I mean, part of it was probably because, you know, wrestler took a pot shot at him, <laughs> tried to kill him. But I don't think there was a lot of respect for him in season one. I think a lot of that was a lack of respect that Red had for him. And his ability to function. And I think that we've seen, as wrestlers proven himself in the task force, being able to bend the bend his very strict mm-hmm. rule book and dig into the gray. Which Red has got be that straight anymore. Yeah, but Red, as Red's watched him do this, I think the respect for wrestler has grown, mm-hmm. and he's become much more fond of him than he used to be. I mean, he watched him at the whole Meiko Tanita thing. I mean, yeah. Rusty was about ready to shoot his friend because he blamed him for Audrey's death. Mm-hmm. And then instead of shooting him, he hands him a a sword and says, Senpoko, go. Yep. Which um, is a brutal way to go. Well, can't say I disagree with the manner of execution. He just knew what was what was coming to him in prison, and that was a better way to go. But the, the fact that wrestler encouraged him to do that shows that there was a darkness in there. That when he when the right buttons were pushed, and we saw it again. I mean, he's been willing to you know push the lines with you know perps that are in there. You know where he you know. Uh, I mean, I guess it's technically torture, you know, where they're hurt and he's, you know, pulling a mirror and, you know, mm-hmm. pushing at broken bones, that sort of thing. We've seen him do that. We we have seen that there are certain buttons that can be pushed that so that wrestler goes down a darker path. And as he's in the task force, as he's around red, more and more he's leaned into the gray. Yeah. Only way to survive. And and the, there's you know because he named the brother trouble so I suspect it was more the brother that was in in there but he certainly covered it up yeah so he was it, it's gonna be in some way yeah I'm I'm very intrigued by by the episode um, looking forward to it really yeah I am too that's I'm really excited I think there's one more after it which will be our finale and yeah. that's one that they've sort of pieced together yes I'm very excited about that one because that probably means that they've got into a lot of those footage because I mean remember they're shooting with three cameras at all times and they shoot for 10 days for one episode that's a lot of episodes of of hours and hours of filming and they said that they've been filming the ending since the beginning so we know that in all those things that we have seen those conversations that seem to start out of nowhere that we just get in there in the halfway conversation we know that there's parts of that we haven't seen we know for example that fire sequence that 
We just saw a very confused one. We know that there is a, one of those that is filmed perfectly clear, and we will eventually know what happened. Yep. So all of those things have happened, conversations with Dom, conversation with Il- I. They've been filming forever this ending. So if they just dug a little bit into that trove and give us a few answers, I'm going to be very excited for that one. Plus, I think that Dom requires a lovely send-off. Oh, so much. And I, I would imagine that the team running this agrees. <laughs> he, he's going to be missed. Yeah. And they're going to have no choice but to kill Dom unless they put him forever in a coma and leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I imagine they'll kill the character off. It doesn't make sense not to at this point. Except that they cannot film a funeral or anything. So they might not do that until they can film it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that it may happen next season, but I do think that they will. I mean, yeah. unless they've just got enough footage there to keep him alive till the end. I mean, that'd be crazy. They could, do, it? They could do flashbacks. Yeah. They could do flashbacks. Who knows? I, I have no idea how much footage they have, but I will say that after this is all done and our secrets have been revealed and all of that at the close of the blacklist, I would be willing to pay money to see undoctored footage. <laughs> Just like all the cutting and cutting uh cutting room. Yeah. Yeah. I you know oh, that's so fascinating. It would be, especially because of all these things that, you know, I mean, you know that you get into scenes and you say, like, it feels like we're just missing. Like Sam, for example, when we first see him, he's sitting all the way by the window. Sam wakes up. He says, it's good to see you. And Sam looks scared. Next time we come back into the scene, Red is sitting by Sam and they've been talking and they're laughing and they're talking about a woman. So, you know, that we're missing an entire scene in there. Yeah. And we know that those somewhere in there, there, those scenes are. I, I don't know if they've been filmed. I mean, a lot of script writing is making sure, I mean, because you've got such a limited amount of time, especially for TV. You but know, they, they said that they've been filming the ending since the beginning. So no, that's, you, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'll it, be curious. It will be very hard to for a series that's been going on for seven years if they had to now go back and try to recreate the same things with actors that look now seven years older. That's true. So I think that the, what they've done is they've been filming those scenes and they probably have like five or seven versions of a scene. For example, they're not going to... Let's let's talk about episodes like the 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 fire like um the the fire recall that Liz undergoes. They're not going to recreate that. That was expensive. You need the same child. It's going to be phenomenally expensive and difficult to do. They're yeah. not going to recreate Rasvet. They're not going to recreate um, any of those. So the, basically, they just probably filmed everything. And then they just pick and choose which scenes or if they're going to obscure the scene so you don't see clearly. You see like, a, you know, like a memory is all very fussy and it has like uh, double... Uh, uh, the camera work is it's kind of bizarre so you know that they're doing that and so i'm i'm really excited for this episode um you know the coronavirus have to have a nice silver lining somewhere yeah i'll be happy that's mine you know it's too bad that it comes with so much death and misery and loss of jobs but if we get one good thing out of it 
I'll be happy that we get a little bit of those scenes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it's negating the horrible effects of it to say, hey, there is one good thing that comes out of it. You know, you can still... You can still focus on the positive without downplaying the negative. That's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to keep positive, and you know, I'm excited. This was a phenomenal episode. Definitely, Kathy Brooks is is one writer. I'm going to be very excited to see more work about them. Um, it, it has continued a trend on this episode too of bringing cases that were that were um, precious to Liz, and then. I was surprised to see how many of them they are over over the years. We've had we started with the Stewmaker. The Stewmaker was a case that was Liz, and then when Red realized that there was nobody and it smelled like chemicals, it's like oh, so that's a Stewmaker, and I'm interested. So that was Hector Lorca that got in jail because of Liz profiling. We got the Good Samaritan killer. That was an old case from Liz. We got the deer hunter. That's another one she's lecturing because she had a, a, a profile and Red said it was wrong. And that's when they discover from the other guy that it was a, a copycat. We got the forecaster. That is a, a case that goes to Liz directly because of the mother felt that Liz would be able to understand, have not been believed and being um, um, framed for something. We have the debt collector that was Tyson Pryor was also a case of Liz, and that's a case Red uses to hire the debt the debt collector, so it's credible. Uh, the Capricorn Killer is another one of, of Liz's cases because it features the Sandman. That's the one that took the kids with the pink high tops. Uh, that had those lovely things going on with with uh, her being abducted and Tom being abducted from the beach and in the during the night and, um, and Nicholas Timur that's another one she brought the case up even though that was one of Red's little underhanded he's a shiny object for you to follow um, and finally Niall Hatcher that's also brought by Liz from a, so that is. Quite a bit of episodes that have been brought up by Liz or part of Liz's old cases. In her own way, she's got her own mini blacklist. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, uh, that is... That's a good... Good way to put it. <laughs> and she's starting to collect her own people. She is. Well, that's about all I have for this episode. It was fantastic. and It was... It was very and and moved so quickly. Yeah, it was it was very well paced. And I like the actors all did a phenomenal episode, they a phenomenal job with the episode. They were they were all very credible because even the women that were you know in a position somewhat unsympathetic, you know you're agreeing to have a child in order to do they were still sympathetic. Oh and yeah, you could still you know relate to them. So really, really, um, really good one. Yep. All right. Well, you guys can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And you can talk to us because we do love to hear from you. Uh, you can chat with us on Facebook, on Tumblr, and Twitter. And uh, Tessa is on Reddit. And until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.